0: Jesse Romero is a three-time World Police boxing champion and a two-time USA kickboxing gold medalist. He's a retired Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy. When a fellow officer challenged him to pick a Bible and use his faith instead of his fists to deal with the pressures of police life, Jesse was transformed. In the Bible, Jesse rediscovered his Catholic roots. He also discovered how most Catholics really don't understand the basics of their faith, choosing to live out their lives in a kind of spiritual coma. Jesse has a B.A. from Mount St. Mary's University in Los Angeles and an M.A. in Catholic Theology from Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. Today Jesse is a full-time bilingual Catholic lay evangelist who is known for his dynamic and high-energy messages. Please say hello. To Jesse Romero,
1: they saved the worst for last. Okay, let's get ready because there's a lot of stuff I want to share with you. Lord Jesus Christ, with your permission, name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Oh lord open up my lips so that my mouth may proclaim your praises lord give me the tongue of an angel that i may speak the truth and love i pray this in jesus mighty holy powerful sweet precious majestic name through mother mary's intercession amen in the name of the father son and of the holy spirit amen because i worked in a black and white for many years i kind of see life black and white i actually believe that gray is the devil's color so i want to share something with you because i want to talk with you or about the most important topic for us as catholics how to get to heaven there's nothing more important than this how to get to heaven so first let me lay out problem then solution problem solution let me tell you the problem first okay this was written i think back like in 1965 they say paul harvey wrote it i'm not sure but i know he's mentioned it on his radio program rest in peace he's passed away here's what he says pay attention if i were the devil i would gain control of the most powerful nation in the world i would delude their minds into thinking that they had come from man's efforts instead of god's blessings if i were the devil i would promote an attitude of loving things and using people instead of the other way around if i were the devil i would dupe entire states into relying on gambling for their state revenue if i were the devil i would convince people that character is not an issue when it comes to leadership if i were the devil i would make it legal to take the life of unborn babies remember this was written in 1965 if i were the devil i would make it socially acceptable to take one's own life and invent machines to make it convenient if i were the devil i would cheapen human life as much as possible so that the life of animals are valued more than human beings remember this was written in 1965. in case you didn't know i lived in california for 53 years the people's republic of california i no longer live there i live in phoenix arizona but in california just like in all 50 states you can kill a baby in a mother's womb all nine months but in california if you kill the bald eagle three years prison thirty thousand dollar fine i'm just saying if i were the devil i would take god out of the public schools Where Even the mention of his name was grounds for a lawsuit If I were the devil I would come up with drugs that sedate the mind and target the young and Would get sports heroes to advertise them If I were the devil I would get control of the media So that every night I could pollute the mind of every family member for my agenda If I were the devil I would attack the family the backbone of any nation If I were the devil, I would make divorce acceptable and easy, even fashionable. If the family crumbles, so does the nation. If I were the devil, I would compel people to express their most depraved fantasies on canvas and movie screens, and I would call it art. If I were the devil, I would convince the the world that people are born homosexuals and that their lifestyles should be accepted and marveled at if i were the devil i would convince the people that right and wrong are determined by a few who call themselves authorities and refer to their agenda as politically correct if i were the devil i would persuade people that the church is irrelevant and out of date and that the bible's for the naive if i were the devil i would dull the minds of christians and make them believe that prayer is not important and that faithfulness and obedience are optional. If I were the devil, I guess I would leave things pretty much the way they are. Paul Harvey, good day. Mm. Everything Paul Harvey said, or his ghostwriter, in 1965 has happened in America we're here we're living in the evil days the dark days that paul harvey predicted in 1965 and it's even in the church it's even inside our church though you and me may be powerless to do anything about some of the macro problems i want to address the micro problem i want to go back to what i call old-time Catholicism old-time religion the stuff that works not the modernist progressive poppycock kumbaya Catholicism which is a failed experiment we've tried it for 50 years and it failed it emptied our churches our seminaries are replete with homosexuals and dissenters modernist progressive Catholicism has failed You're fired. It's time to go back to that old religion that was taught to us by our fathers As Catholics I want to remind you of a phrase that a lot of people have forgot about state of grace State of grace you go to Catholic high schools colleges you say are you living in the state of grace they go a state of what? what? What are you talking about? there's 50 states in this great nation of ours but living in kansas is not going to save you or living in arizona is not going to save you living in california certainly is not going to save you living in the state of grace will save you what state don't you want to live in don't spend the weekend there don't drive by there don't park your car there that's called the state of mortal sin two states You live in a state of grace or a state of mortal sin one leads to heaven one leads to hell it's pretty simple i got a phd in common sense that's all you need common sense catholicism requires common sense and god's grace so you have common sense because what we have in our country in many quarters we have common nonsense amen common nonsense so What does it mean to live in a state of grace? well When you look at the Bible Jesus answers that question in John chapter 15 verses 13 and 15 He says I no longer call you servants or slaves. I call you my friends so living in a state of grace means to be in friendship with God That's what living in a state of grace. If you're an enemy of God, you're in a state of mortal sin. And when you die, you will experience extreme global warming. (laughs) If you die an enemy of God, you will experience extreme, acute global warming. State of grace… The apostle james jesus's cousin our lord's cousin in james chapter 2 he says and abraham was a friend of god and it was reckoned to abraham as righteousness because he was a friend of god so the bible says to be a friend of god equals being in what what state state of grace to be an enemy of god means that you're in mortal sin there's only two states to live in grace or sin now what does living in a state of grace mean when it comes to more of a catechetical a a doctrinal definition well that's why i wrote this book i wrote this book because I just cut right to the chase, because I'm sick and tired of kumbaya Catholicism, so I go right to the chase, how to get to heaven, state of grace. So what's the definition of a state of grace in terms of the doctrinal definition? It says, to live free from mortal sin. Got it? To live free from mortal sin. Here's the definition from an exorcist. He says the state of grace is the spiritual condition of a person who has sanctifying grace in the soul that's the life of god the truth in your soul that person is free from mortal sin and that person is free from seriously disordered inclinations to all sin that's what it means to live in a state of grace is there power living in a state of grace Absolutely. In fact, you know, in the last couple of years, probably since 1973 when they made the movie The Exorcist, many other ones have come out since The Omen, Amityville Horror, The Right, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I mean, there's a whole plethora of them, okay? You know what keeps you protected from the diabolical? every exorcist has said this and i'll quote some so you're saying ah you're making this up jess you want to be protected from satan i'll tell you how how welcome to the catholic art of self-defense with your spiritual fitness trainer jesse romero <laughs> see i used to teach karate for many years i used to teach boxing i had my own boxing gym in East la i trained professional amateur fighters now i train catholics How to live in a state of grace that is much more important than teaching guys how to knock each other out in the ring though I did that well myself in fact if you don't believe you can go on YouTube and type in my name Jesse Romero's fight montage and you will see that I was quite the fighter in my days however I want to help people fight for your soul fight for your salvation fight to get to heaven so is there power living in friendship with God and free from mortal sin exhibit a father Chad Ripperger top exorcist of the United States teaches at Mundelein Seminary professor of exorcism what does he say about the power of living in a state of grace he says the first state of protection against demons is live in a state of grace next witness father antonio fortea a doctor of exorcism from navarre spain teaches at the vatican here's what he says about the power of living in a state of grace which again means in friendship with jesus free from mortal sin father antonio fortea the best shield and armor against the attacks of the devil is prayer the sacraments good works and live a spiritual life certainly a person who lives in god's grace will be protected by god father gabe Morth, vatican exorcist for 31 years president of the international association of exorcists for 20 years just passed away he's a legend in europe Here's what he says about the power of living in a state of grace. Okay? He says, Just as the demon fights against us daily, so we must battle against the demon. Through the strength of the Holy Spirit that was given to us, we are certain of the victory. To live in a state of grace means always to say yes to Jesus and no to satan according to our baptismal promises if we do not we fall into sin safeguarding and increasing the state of grace is a victory against the ordinary activity of demons and at the same time living in a state of grace is the best prevention against the demons extraordinary activity which is what house infestation mental obsession physical oppression and demonic possession this is the best way to guard yourself from the diabolical living in a state of grace let me go right to the top of the food chain saint Teresa of the little flower the young carmelite A doctor of the church. You know what a doctor of the church is? In heaven, we have what are called the saints. But in heaven, there's like 37 saints that are called doctors of the church. That doesn't mean they went to Georgetown University or Notre Dame. A doctor of the church in heaven is a saint whose understanding of God, their prayer life, their interior life, was so elevated on earth that they've broken the glass ceiling they've taken the catholic church's understanding of god and prayer and the interior life into new heights there's only 37 i believe doctors of the church in heaven i call that god's swat team (laughs) so let me quote to you one of god's swat team saint Teresa of the little flower What does she say about living in a state of grace? She says, A soul in the state of grace has nothing to fear from demons. Demons are cowards capable of running away from the look of a child. Close quote. So, The Catholic, if you want to have your bulletproof vest, your Kevlar vest against the diabolical, which is all around us. It's all around us. In fact, the Catechism says, it's in paragraph 407. It says, Satan, the devil, has a certain domination over mankind. And he uses... Politics, he uses the media, and he uses the arts to tempt man to sin. In fact, if you want to know, if you've ever wondered, well, who runs planet Earth? See, I'm a blue-collar guy. See, I I still have that police mentality. I'm just a blue-collar Joe six-pack guy. Nothing complicated for me. You're going to get it straight, black and white Catholicism. That's what works. Okay? Who runs planet Earth? In case you're wondering, I'll tell you who runs planet Earth. First John chapter 5 verse 19. Here's what the Bible says. By the way, it's been saying that for about 2000 years in case you're wondering. How long has it said that? 2000 years. It says this. Quote, "We are of God, comma And the whole world is under the power of the devil. I just answered your question. It doesn't say 90% of the world or 85% or 95% or 50%. The Bible says the whole world is under the power of the devil. That's why we on earth are called what? The church militant. The Catholics in purgatory are called the church suffering. The Catholics in heaven are called the church triumphant. What is your house called? St. John Paul II says, Your Catholic home is called your domestic church. And guess what Archbishop St. John Chrysostom says? Every Catholic man... Is the bishop of his house what's the job of every Catholic man help the family live in a state of grace and get to heaven what are we doing here on planet earth I'll go back to the Baltimore catechism I know that catechism is it makes liberal Catholics you know throw up it's like scratching a chalkboard or something So if there's any liberal Catholics here, you're not going to like it, okay? Baltimore Catechism. We are made to know, love, and serve God in this lifetime and to spend all eternity with Him in the next. It's that simple. That's Catholicism 101. It's not complicated. We are here to get out of here. (laughs) It's not complicated. In fact, if you've ever thought about it, you look at everybody in this room, 100% of us are going to die. We're all going to make it. Life is short, death is for sure, sin is the problem, and Jesus is the cure, amen? Give it up for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me quote to you another SWAT Catholic, St. Teresa of Avila, another doctor of the church, another Carmelite. She died in her early 20s, just like St. Teresa the Little Flower. Here's what she says about living in a state of grace. Now, I don't recommend you do this. I think this is is for her like Catholic cross fitness training or something. Here's what she used to do. But I don't recommend that any of us do it. St. Teresa of Avila, at night, she'd leave the convent at midnight and she'd go to the nearest cemetery. And she would go and pick fights and pray against demons. I, I recommend you don't do that. Stay at home at 12 midnight, okay? If you want to pray, pray from your house. Okay, that's a good point. Don't do what she did. This is like high Catholic cross fitness training, what she did. M- most of us will never get there, okay? St. Teresa, one of her nuns were, asked her, they said, what do you do at midnight when you leave the house she said by the way i have all this in a book i wrote called lord prepare my hands for battle but you guys bought it i have about 50 left i think she says on page 104 why shouldn't i have the fortitude to engage in combat with all of hell i take my cross in my hand and it seems to me truly that god gives me courage Because in a short while, I saw that I was another person. And that I wouldn't fear bodily combat with the demons. For I thought that with that cross, I would easily conquer all of them. So I said, come now all of you, for being a servant of the Lord, I want to see what you can do to me. There was no doubt in my opinion that they were afraid of me for i remained so calm and so unafraid of them all all the fears i usually felt left me even to this day for although i sometimes saw them i no longer had hardly any fear of them rather it seemed that the demons feared me give it up for god's super saints god's super saints That's God's SWAT team right there. But if you live in mortal sin, you are afraid. Why? You don't have sanctifying grace. What gives us courage? Sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace means the life of God in your soul. God living in your soul. Mortal sin means God, the life of God is not in your soul the life of god is empty your soul is empty of the life of god you have darkness and that brings fear the dark you know what's most most people are 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 ill of in today's society oh marijuana lgbt homosexuality all these are simply the consequences Of the darkness of the soul a soul that is absent of the life of God will find something to replace it with and it's usually sin and vice and disordered appetites and disordered behaviors because the human soul was made for God the human soul was made for truth The human soul is attracted to goodness and beauty. The human soul is looking for God. If the human soul lives in mortal sense, the absence of God, the human soul will receive second fiddle, second best, vice, sin, debauchery, wickedness, darkness. Most people in America are suffering from the sickness of the soul. The only one that can heal the soul is friendship with God. Amen? Amen. When you live in a state of grace, God gives you courage! You don't need to go to the Land of Oz and follow the Yellow Brick Road to get courage. Uh Uh-uh. Having God in your soul gives you courage! Let me give you an example. Let me put some flesh to my talk here. I choose to live in a state of grace. I'd say actively for about the last 25 years, I choose to be a friend of Jesus. I choose to let God live in my soul. I choose to reject mortal sin, the glamour of sin, the glamour of evil. I choose to reject Satan. One of the prayers that I pray every morning for my, my Catholic war bag, Catholics should have a war bag, St. Michael the Archangel prayer is a minor exorcism prayer. That should be in your Catholic war bag every morning, every evening, and throughout the day when you feel the presence of evil. What else should be in your Catholic war bag? The Holy Rosary. Why? The rosary is the meditation on the life of christ all the saints that have talked about spiritual combat state that christian meditation like the rosary or like the divine mercy christian meditation locking your mind on god and meditating upon god what does it do it causes injury to demons who wants to injure a demon raise your hand thank you i'm in good company (laughs) christian meditation locking your thoughts and meditating upon the goodness and the holiness of god and his sovereignty causes injury to demons Father Gabriel Amorth, the Vatican exorcist for 31 years, passed away about a year and a half ago, he recounts one story where he was praying over a possessed victim. And in possession, the demon takes over when the the possessed person is in a trance, a demonic trance, the demon takes over the voice box the demon takes over their motor movements their motor skills their limbs and the demon even takes over the function of the brain this one victim that father was praying over the demon spoke and said to father imorth if you only knew how powerful the Hail Marys are, he says, it's like getting hit with a baseball bat every time. If you only knew how powerful it was, it would be our demise. You know the problem? You know how many Catholics pray the rosary in the country? Father Donald Calloway did a study. Less than 10% of Catholics attempt to pray the rosary a couple of times a week. Less than 10%. I was talking to another exorcist friend and he said, you know why the prayers of the church are weak right now? I'll tell you why. Because a priest's prayers are supported by the lady. Where lady no longer pray, a priest's prayers are weakened as well in exorcism. I talked to the exorcist from Indianapolis, he says, what would take me one Hour it takes me now a whole year. I said, why, Father? He says, we don't have any prayer support from lay people. The prayer support from lay people, the rosaries, the divine mercies, the adorations, the novenas, it helps the exorcist do battle. He says, because the lay people are weak right now in prayer, it weakens our battle against the diabolical. We're all interconnected. So... Let me give you a little story here. Pick you up a little bit. I'm going to throw a little joke here, okay? I got time. I got time. There was a lady named Mrs. Garcia. Mrs. Garcia was a good, pious Catholic woman. She was, she was a widow. And she, had, she was just on Social Security. She had limited income. And so Mrs. Garcia, though, she had joy, joy every morning she'd open the door look outside look at the heavens say this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad then she'd go out and get her mail come back in start her day next door to Mrs. Garcia lived an, a nasty old atheist he was a mean guy he had his window up all the time and when she would go out there open her door raise her hands up say this is the day the Lord has made his her atheist neighbor would say Miss Garcia there is no God She wouldn't pay attention to him. She'd go out and get her mail, come back and start her day. But this thing went on for years. Open the door. She would thank God for the day. Go out and get her mail. Her neighbor would say, Miss Garcia, there's no God. One day, Mrs. Garcia, her window was open. She looks at her refrigerator and pantry says, Lord, my refrigerator is nearly empty. My pantry is nearly empty. And, uh, my check is late Lord I have no food for the weekend Lord can you provide some food for me the atheist neighbor his window was up he heard this he felt sorry for her he says man that old foolish superstitious woman she has no food for the weekend she believes in God oh this this poor woman you know what my heart is moved I'm gonna help her out I'll go to the store I'm gonna buy her some groceries I'll put it on her porch so the next morning mrs garcia comes out and remember she's been asking the lord lord i have no food for the weekend my check's late my pantry's empty my refrigerator is empty so the next morning she goes out opens the door and she's about to praise god she looks down she sees five grocery bags on the porch she says lord you answered my prayer. This is the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. The neighbor said, Miss Garcia, God didn't buy you the groceries. I did. <laughs> Miss Garcia said, Lord, thank you so much. You knew that my pantry and refrigerator were empty, and you sent the devil to the grocery store. <laughs> Now to get serious again, okay. Is there benefits to living in a state? Does living right with God give you courage? Absolutely. I'll I'll give you one example. Here's one. In 2007, I was invited to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to go give a men a a men's conference. I think there was about 2,500 Catholic men. I was one of the presenters. On Saturday, I gave my talk on Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. As I'm going back to the airport on Saturday night, the guys that invited me, they are in the Knights of Columbus, they called a taxi, and the taxi came to pick me up, take me to the airport. As I'm going back to the airport with my suitcases, the taxi cab driver, he kept looking at my crucifix. This is called a St. Benedict's crucifix. It's actually an, an... it has an exorcism prayer in the back of the medal and when it's blessed by a catholic priest with the proper with the proper blessing it's a sacramental that wards off evil spirits demons cannot be in the presence of the person that wears this medal so the church calls it the demon chasing medal and because i probably got a big target on my back i wear it i wear it all the time so The taxi cab driver is looking at my St. Benedict's medal and he starts asking me questions. He says, hey, that's a big crucifix. Now he didn't say cross, he said crucifix. So I said, okay, this guy knows a little bit about Catholicism. Then he starts asking me questions about the Catholic faith. I start answering his questions and I'm saying, oh, cool, this guy's interested. Yes, I'm going to plug this guy into the church, okay? Got me a convert over here so he's asking good thoughtful questions and i'm giving him good thoughtful catholic responses we're about 10 minutes into the road it's about a 30 minute drive because i was in a suburb uh i I forget the name of the suburb but it was about 30 minutes from the airport so then i asked him i said hey let me his name was tom he goes my name's tom now i could tell because of my police training i could tell that tom was an ex-convict okay he had a lot of prison tattoos i could see them on his neck i could see them on his hands i could see them on his arms i could see that he was involved in a white prison gang probably the aryan brotherhood probably uh, an aryan supremacist prison gang but i could see he had prison tattoos so he didn't hard time before but he was asking good questions and he's asking questions about the catholic faith so i'm saying hey Maybe this guy is a lost Catholic that wants to come home. This is is the time right now. So I'm answering questions. Then I asked him, I said, Tom. I said, my name's Jess, by the way, Tom. I said, Tom, you're asking good questions. I said, are you Catholic? Because it seems like you know your way around the Catholic faith. Then he kind of changed his voice. He kind of like cleared his voice. He says, I used to be Catholic. And he goes, and now I'm Muslim. Man, my heart dropped to my feet. I said, oh man, oh just pain I said, Tom, I I looked at myself and we had 20 minutes to the airport, I said I got 20 minutes here so then I said, Tom I was playing Socrates here, you know the Socratic method ask questions, you know, he who asks questions controls the conversation, I said so Tom, why would you leave the Catholic faith and become a Muslim, so I asked him and he goes, yeah I'll share with you so he goes into a a five to seven minute testimony of how he converted from catholicism in prison to islam so i listened to him oh and then he started taking the name of jesus in vain i started grabbing the seats i'm like i'm gritting my teeth because you know what i want to do to tom my lower nature i want to give tom a beat down I know how to do that. I fought 64 times in the ring, full contact karate. I, I know how to hurt guys. I'm pretty good at it. But I don't want to do that because my higher faculties, my faith says, you can't give a guy a beat down. That's not, don't do that. Just don't do that. So I'm fighting against myself because he's taking the name of Jesus in vain. I'm like, oh, hey, dude, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't, don't do that, Tom. Man, I said, Are you finished? He goes, Yeah, I'm done. I said, oh. I said, Okay, let me tell you. Now, let me share why you're wrong. You made a huge mistake. And if you don't come back to the Catholic Church, I said, Tom, you're going to go to hell when you die. I told him, The only person that can save you is Jesus Christ, not Muhammad, not Islam not Sharia law, not the Quran, and you spend seven minutes blaspheming the holy name of Jesus. Committing, You're a baptized Catholic and you just blaspheme the Son of God, the only Savior of the world. I said, Tom, let me quote to you John Paul II in his book called Crossing the Threshold of Hope, his chapter on Islam. St. John Paul II says, There is no redemption in Islam because they don't have a redeemer. They do not have a savior. They do not have the right Jesus. There is no salvation. I said, dude, it's not a coincidence that I'm in the back seat of your car. I'm telling you right now, come back to the Catholic Church. You are lost. You're on your way to hell if you don't repent of what you said about Jesus and renounce renounce your false religion. He says, he didn't like what I had to say. Now he starts getting kind of mad. Now his jaw's clenched, and now he's like So both of us are like, and you know what he told me? He says, he's driving, he goes, you know what I'm gonna do to you, Jess? He goes, you're on Catholic radio? I said, yeah, you write Catholic books, yeah, you're a Catholic speaker, yeah. He says, you know what I'm gonna do to you right now? I said, what? He goes, I'm gonna kill you. Can you imagine, I'm taking a taxi, and I'm gonna pay the guy And the taxi driver says, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. Keep on driving, okay? I said, what? Now, as men, we have what's called a higher nature. The intellect, the will. We want to try to do the right things, pursue excellence. But men also have a lower nature. There's an animal side to men. There's a, a side demand that gravitates towards anger and, uh, and hostility. My lower nature was erupting. I mean, here he is blaspheming the name of Jesus. I can't even repeat what he said, okay? And then saying he's going to kill me. He goes, he goes I'm going to throw the car off the road. I'm going to crash the car. And, and, and he goes, I'm going to kill you right now. He goes, and I'm going to go straight to paradise. I said you've been lied to i said you're not going to see 73 virgins you kill me you're going to see one virgin her name's mary on your way to hell you're going to see her i said because you blasphemed her son you've committed the sin against the holy spirit blasphemy of the name of god well guess what i said here is why you need to come back to the Catholic Church. I said, where's Jesus Christ at right now? His tomb is empty in Jerusalem. That tomb's been empty for 2,000 years. 3.5 million people visit the empty tomb of Jesus Christ every year. Muhammad's tomb is in Medina, Saudi Arabia. People go visit his bones and his ashes and his dust. He never rose from the dead. Jesus Christ demonstrated He's the Son of God by His resurrection. Jesus Christ performed 36 miracles that we know of in the New Testament. Muhammad performed zero miracles. None. Nada. Zilch. The Quran chronicles no miracles of Muhammad. Jesus Christ exorcised 27 people that were possessed with evil spirits. Muhammad never performed an exorcism. Jesus Christ walked on water. Muhammad never walked on water. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, His teachings are perfect, sublime. Look at what Jesus teaches. He says, Forgive your brother seven times seventy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Jesus says, And by this, men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Compare the words of Jesus Christ to the words of Muhammad. I said, Tom, you made a fatal mistake. I'm calling you back to the Catholic Church. As you guys can all tell right now, I'm not going to be appointed by the Catholic Church to be the director of ecumenical affairs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Just so you know, I probably don't qualify for that position. You know why? Because I'm a straight-talking Catholic. No PC here. (laughs) Guys, I don't even work for the church. You know what I did? I was a cop for 20 years. I ran my own boxing gym for 10 years. I'm in love with Jesus. I've been preaching the gospel. I don't work for the church. I'm a, I'm a lay Catholic man that's dedicated the last 13, 14 years of my life to travel around the country with my wife, going to parishes and telling people the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And trust me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people that don't like me. That's all I'm going to say. I won't go any further than that. Okay? So what happens? Obviously, you know how the story ends because I'm here. (laughs) He didn't kill me, but he was... Well, Here's what I told him. Here's what... Now, when I told him, I said, dude, you're going to kill me? I said, if you kill me, if you crash the car and you kill me, I'm going straight to heaven. I said, Tom, let me remind you. I went right to his ear. I said, I'm in a state of grace. I said, dude... I got no mortal sin in my soul. I'm a friend of Jesus, the only Savior of the world. I said, if you crash the car and you kill me, I'm going straight to heaven because I'm going to die for Jesus. I'm going to die proclaiming the truth. But if you die, you blaspheme the name of Jesus, you have mortal sin in your soul, you will go to hell. You will see my soul leave my body. You're going to see my soul Taken by Jesus to God the Father. I will see your soul. I will see your soul. Demons will come, take your soul from your body. You're going to hell. We got to the airport. I neutralized him. <laughs> you know what? He was, he grew feathers. You know why? Because he was processing in his mind what if this guy's right? I put doubt in his mind. We got to the airport. I said, praise God. This guy didn't crash the car and kill me. I'm going to go home, see my wife and kids. He pops the trunk open. I get out of, the, out of the car, grab my suitcases. He comes back, and he says, Jesse, I want to talk to you. Now, I'm looking at him, and his voice is cracking. I broke him. This is a hard ex-con. His voice sounded like he was an opera singer okay he was afraid I put fear into him he came up to me goes Jesse Jesse can I ask you a question I said yeah go ahead Tom but you know I got my distance too you know because yeah I'm like yeah yeah we can talk brother right weak leg forward strong leg back chin down you know I yeah we can talk what is it he says Jesse Jesse he says you think if I died tonight I'm not going to go to heaven I said, you were bragging 10 minutes ago that you're going to have 73 virgins. I guess you don't believe that, do you? I'm going to tell you one more time. If you die blaspheming the name of Jesus and you're a baptized Catholic and you reject Jesus with your mouth and with your heart, you're going to hell. Okay? He walked back to his car. You know when a boxer gets punched, gets clocked, and they go back to the stool and they're like this? They got rubber. He had rubber legs. I rocked him I rocked him with truth now I don't know where he's at right now it's none of my business I'm not you know I'm not his his guardian but I'll tell you this most Catholics would have peed in their pants with that confrontation you know how come I wasn't afraid I'm in a state of grace and I told them if you kill me I'm going to heaven do me a favor <laughs> i told them you cannot send me anywhere where god is not amen, amen. give it up for jesus praise the lord <laughs> i think i'm done let me just mention i got a few of these books left oh the stuff on spiritual warfare i have in this book called Lord, prepare my hands for battle. I have a, the story that I just shared with you right now. I wrote it down in this book. I've had a lot of people that have wanted to kill me. I don't know why, okay? I don't know why. So I share a lot of those stories in a book called Catholics Wake Up. Um, and I also share, I also share my story how I, as a street cop and a boxer, what happened in my life? To make me fall in love with Jesus. And now, for 15 years, I've been a zealous Catholic evangelist, preaching the gospel in over 2,000 Catholic churches in 47 states. And I'm not going to stop until I drop. So. Let's pray. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two prayers that we should all be praying every day. One is the St. Michael. That's a minor exorcism prayer. Let's pray it all together. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen another prayer, prayer that's very powerful against evil spirits and this is one you should be praying for your kids and your grandkids just put your hand over them it's called the anima Christi soul of Christ pray for them it's a powerful prayer against evil spirits let's pray it for ourselves soul of Christ sanctify me body of Christ save me blood of Christ inebriate me water from the side of Christ wash me Passion of Christ, strengthen me. Oh, good Jesus, hear me. Within your wounds, hide me. Separate from you, let me never be. From the evil one, protect me. At the hour of my death, call me. And close to you, keep me that with your saints and angels, I may be praising you forever and ever. Amen. And if you've never heard the official prayer of St. Benedict, the official exorcism prayer that he taught us, 1,500 years ago, here's what he taught us. Crux sancti patris benedicti, crux sancta sit Mihilux, lux, non dracus sit mihi Vade satana, non suade mihi Sun sunt mala que livas, ipse venena vivas, ejus inovitu nostro presencia muniamur, gloria patri, efilii, espiritu santi, Sicut erer in principio, et nunc et semper, et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. God bless you. Keep the faith.